I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so today I'm going to start a new series on two colors. So I've done single colors before, but I've not done two colors. So I'm going to talk through um, each of the two color pairs. Um, not In the past, I've talked a little bit about the guilds, if you will. Um, this is a little more general, talking about each of the color pairs, why the colors get along, why they don't, and stuff like that. So I'm going to walk through each of the potential... Um, I'm just going to explain exactly what... I mean, today is white-blue. What is white-blue all about? Okay. So um, when, I, when I, I did an article on, on uh, the guilds, so I'm going to use a similar structure to that, although uh, I'm going to be talking more generically about the color pairs and not specifically the guild of the color pairs. Okay, so the first question is, what do the colors have in common? So the way to understand what colors have in common is to look at their shared enemy. Okay, so for white and blue, who is their shared enemy? Well, their shared enemy is red. Um, and so one of the things that I think that you can understand what do white and blue have in common is kind of, well, what is red about? Because white and blue, in many ways, their uh, combination represents opposite of their shared enemy, red. Okay, so red is all about following your emotion, being impulsive, doing what, you know, whatever, doing what you feel, right? So white and blue definitely represent the opposite of that in that they represent sort of structure and planning. So for example, when you take the white-red conflict, which is structure versus chaos, red just wants to do what it wants to do and white has to be orderly about things. When you take the blue-red conflict, uh, red is about emotion and blue is about intellect. So uh, blue wants to think things through and not act, um, not act, uh, you know, it wants to be cautious in the way it acts. So, okay, let's take white and blue and put them together. Okay, so white has the structure uh, of, in its white-red conflict and it has its um, intellect from the blue-red conflict. Okay, so it's structure and intellect. What that means is that white-blue likes planning. They like, you know, they, they really crave the structure of white and the, and the thought, uh, thinking ahead of blue. And what that means is they're the colors that strategize. They're the colors that are very much about making systems, but making systems that allow them long-term to get what they want. And so white-blue is very much about the idea of... Um, and from that, white-blue, for example, is the color of civilization. You know, it's the color of, you know... It, uh, white wants to bring people together, and blue wants to be the best that they can be, right? So if you take the blue sort of trying to improve and white's desire to look out for the group, you start getting improving of the group, which is civilization, is how do we use technology and education to make things better for people as a whole? And that's how you start getting into civilization. That's why white and blue represent the idea of, um, you know, in some ways, um, white blue is very much like cities. It's sort of like, let's take the structure that white has and advance upon it and maximize it. You know, um, blue is very much about the tabula rasa, which is, you know, starting with a blank slate and making you the best that you can be and improving itself. So it takes the, the combination of white's emphasis on the group and blue's emphasis on improvement and puts those together. And so the idea of how do you improve the group? Okay. 
the next thing that you have to ask yourself um, is, what is um, how do the colors differ? Like, so clearly their overlap is the desire for the desire to avoid chaos, right? The desire to be something that moves things toward a more orderly fashion. Okay, but where where do the colors differ? And the way to understand that is to look at the ally of each color that's unique to that color. Um, that and, and uh, when you have two colors that are next to each other, each has an ally, and that those allies are enemies uh, of each other. So, for example, blue's ally, other than white, is black. White's ally, other than blue, is green. Well, black and green are enemies. So let's understand the difference between black and green. Um, the core conflict between black and green is green believes that the world is structured the way it's supposed to be. That the idea is uh, the acceptance of your role in the world. And black is all about the idea of paving your own way in the world. That you get to do, you know, you can do what you want to do. And that you can do whatever you're able to do. That you're not, you should not be restricted. You know, black very much does not like restrictions. Black wants to do what it wants to do. And, you know, green has a sense of destiny to it. This idea that you were born into a role and that you have... You know, your job in life is to understand and recognize what that role is. And black is like, be what you want to be, do what you want to do, you know, and that black is all about, you can take opportunities, you know, you can do whatever you want if, you, if you're willing to take the opportunity to do it. Black is all about the idea of um, that the only thing standing in your way from getting what you want is just having the the willingness to do what it takes. And black is very much about um, having the willingness to do what is necessary to get black what it wants. Okay, now let's take a look and look at how white and blue mirror that conflict. Well, blue sides with black, right? Blue, very much, blue is about the tabula rasa. Blue is about the idea that you can become anything you want. So clearly it, I mean, once again, blue is an enemy of green, right? So blue also believes that you have the ability to dictate who and what you are. You know, that, that's something that blue and black share is this idea that you, you can change and that you don't have to accept, like you don't have to accept the role you were born into. You can become whatever you want to be. Now white, if you look at white's conflict with black, white's all about the good of the group versus the good of the individual, right? White, white believes... Um, white and green, you know, and we're looking at the enemy of black, are definitely colors that believe about thinking about the group as a whole, looking at you know, the idea that um, you have to think about the greater good, where black is very much about the selfish self. And so um, white looks at this conflict and says, look, I, I agree with green. I agree that, you know, if everybody is just looking out for themselves, if everybody is trying to maximize their own needs, that's going to lead to disaster. That's going to lead to something bad. And so white very much says, okay, I, I agree with green. I agree that it is better for people to accept the role that, that they were born into because, you know, there is a structure that, you know, um, white and green very much agree with the idea of community. And so white is agreeing with the idea that, look, um, you know, white doesn't agree as much as green on the idea that you're born into your role, but it does understand that kind of fighting that causes more conflict and that if people are 
if people could think about what they do that would help the, the whole, that would be better. And so Green has this idea that you're born into the role, but White definitely believes that, hey, if you could think about how you, what, what role you play in the larger ecosystem in the sense that, hey, you're, we're better off as, as a whole if you're there and looking out for everybody else and not just for yourself. So the conflict in white and blue is very much a conflict about um, who you can become. And so one of the things that white and blue... Normally uh, what happens is you lean into your similarities and you lean away from your differences when you have a color pair, especially an allied color pair, right? So the idea is white and blue is very much about not being red. It's very much about um, setting up processes so that you are not falling victim to impulses and to um, short-term thinking. That white-blue is very much the color pair about long-term thinking, about, uh, about really understanding the role um, that, that you fulfill. Uh, well, role might be the wrong word. But uh, that white and blue is very much about the idea of thinking in, in the thinking in the extreme of you want to structure what you're doing so that you benefit yourself and everybody else. Um, but the one thing that white and blue sort of shy away from a little bit is they, they have a little bit of difference on where your responsibilities lie as far as how much you're supposed to follow the status quo versus pave a new path. So white and blue tends to focus less on that. That when they get together, they they lean into their similarities and they lean away from their differences. And so, yeah, white and blue as a color pair spends more time um, looking at sort of how to improve society, how to create civilization, how to set up structures that enable um, everybody to be better off. And what that means is Blue definitely has a sense that's a little more individualistic, but when it gets together with white, blue tends to lean toward the, the, the group. That when blue and white get together, blue's a little bit more about improving not itself, but improving the group as a whole, because it leans toward the white. White, meanwhile, um, is a little bit more about um, looking forward than looking backwards. Because when white and green get together, they're very much about tradition and very much about acknowledging what has been. But when white and blue get together, white leans more toward future looking and away from past looking. Blue leans more toward thinking of the group and more less away from thinking of the individual. Because what they're doing is, um, and this is true of any two-color pair, is you, you, you definitely play into where you line up and where there are synergies. Okay, the next question we ask is, what does the color care about? Okay, so white and blue, what is, what is it that they want? And I think that one of the things I like to think about all the color pairs, when you get them together, the, the two color pairs, is they have a philosophy. That just like the single color cards have a philosophy, the, the color pairs have a philosophy. And the one thing that I should stress real quickly is that... Um, the guilds, while they might be the low-hanging fruit of the color combinations, they are not the only way to execute on the colors. Um, for example, we did Dragons of Tarkir, also an allied set. Definitely there were, 
there were uh, factions there that were allied factions, but they didn't necessarily care about the same thing. That one of the things that um, I'm trying to talk about today is a little bit bigger of what white and blue can care about. Now, when you get to Azorius, Azorius has a very, for example, Azorius was very law-minded. You know, uh, in the world of Ravnica, Azorius is the guild that's all about sort of government and law. Because the idea is we live in a city and our, and our goal, the goal of White Blue, so what, what is White Blue's philosophy? White Blue's philosophy is the idea of how do we improve upon and help the group as a whole. Now, White Green is very much about numbers. So white is the, the group-centric color. So both white green and white blue care about the group. But white green is more about the numbers of the group, the volume of the group. That white green very much is about, I want to get as many people in the group as possible. You know, white green strength comes from numbers. White blue, in contrast, is a little less focused on um, the size of the group. It's less about quantity of the group than quality of the group. That white-blue is like, okay, I want to make a system by which we help the group as much as we can. So white-blue is a little bit more about improving the, the situation of the group than it is, like, green and white are very much about recruitment. Green and white are very much about um, the, the people as a people, and, and, and they're about numbers, White and blue are about systems, are about larger, like, I think really when you get white and blue together, what you are doing is you are taking whites, um, whites caring about thinking about what is good for the group and blues caring about how to improve things. Like, that really to me is the philosophy of white-blue, is what can I do to make the group the best that it can be? How do I take the group and improve the group. You get to white-green, you're not improving the group, you're growing the group. Likewise, by the way, um, when we get to blue-black, so one of the things that's very interesting is um, if you want to understand any combination, you, you really, if you want to understand how two colors get together, you want to understand how those colors um, get along, like, Understanding the white-blue allyship means you have to understand blue-black and white-green. So, for example, um, I'm spending a lot of time right now talking about the good of the group. Okay, well, you get to green and white, and green and white is about sort of the, the value of the group as a whole. And when you get into green and white, um, there's a lot more emphasis on looking backwards, on tradition, on where things are, on the role of how things fit into the things, and it's much more... Um, you know, when white gets with green, it's looking more backwards. Where when white gets with blue, it is looking forwards. It is something where it is trying to figure out how not just to make the group better now, but how to continually to make the group better. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about change. Because blue is very much about change, especially when blue gets together with black. Blue and black as a color pair is focused on change because green is focused on things remaining the same. But, um, so when blue and black get together, they're very much about doing whatever it takes to get, to, 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 to get what you need. And the reason is when blue gets together with black, 
it plays into its more selfish impulses, right? Blue, blue's about improving. Okay, well, blue and black getting together is about improving yourself. Black does not care about the group. Black does not care about larger needs. Black cares about how do I get what I want. So black and blue getting together does tap into blue's desire to improve things, but it goes inward. It, 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 it goes, how can I make myself better? How can I improve myself? But when blue teams up with white, it goes outward. How can I make the world as a whole better? Now, making the world as a whole better does help you. Like blue, for example, in, in isolation, blue is very much about wanting to be the best that it can be. And that means both on the micro level of improving itself and the macro level of improving the world it lives in. And the, the interesting thing as we start looking at white and blue is the idea that, um, like I said, they are leaning into their similarities and leaning away from their differences. Blue has a selfish quality when it leans toward black. Green has a more traditional view when it leans toward green, and white does when it leans toward green. But when they come together, then they're, they're leaning away from that. And, and, and that's important to understand when you're looking at color pairs is understanding sort of where, where they happen. The other thing, by the way, is, um, as you'll see as I do the series, the ally colors are a little bit different than the enemy colors because the ally colors are structured on a similarity and the enemy colors are structured upon a difference. Uh, and that is, that is fundamental. Because um, what will happen is, as I talk about the ally color pairs, I'm going to explain... I mean, I will explain what the enemies have in common, but their, their differences more define the relationship than their similarities. Where with allies, it's their simil similarities that define the relationship. Okay. So what does white-blue dislike? What, 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 do they, what do they strive for? They strive to improve the community. They strive to create um, systems that make things better and that will improve things over time. And systems that look long-term. Systems that don't just help now, but uh, help the people across time, uh, you know, as, as things progress. Okay, so what, what do they despise? Well, the, the thing about allies is you, all you have to do is go to their enemy. What do they despise? essentially what red represents because their shared enemy is red. Okay, what does red represent? Red is all about, it's very inward looking and the idea of red is I feel things. I need to react to the things I feel. That, you know, part of, of, of being who you are is recognizing, like you have needs. Red, red soul philosophy is you have needs and that if you ignore your needs, you just, like, you, you are hurting yourself. That part of truly living free is, is following your heart, is living your passion. Uh, and so red is very much all about leaning into its, its impulses, following its emotions, doing what is right in the moment. And what that means for red is red really believes that you need to be happy in the moment, that if you feel something, you should act on it. If I'm mad... I should punch somebody. If I'm sad, I should cry. If I'm happy, I should laugh. That I should live life in the moment. Okay, well then that is the very that is the contrast of versus white blue. White blue is not about living in the moment. It's not about impulse. It's not about emotion. That white blue says we're trying to do what's best for the group long term. 
And what that means is we have to understand the danger of impulse, the danger of emotion. Because what happens is when you're acting emotionally or impulsively, you are thinking about yourself and only yourself. You know, you are, you are prioritizing your needs versus the needs of everybody else. And so white blue very much when it sort of comes together says, what, what do I want? I want to make sure that people don't follow their impulses, that people don't follow their emotions. So the reason, so how does white blue, what does white blue do to prevent that? Well, white blue says, I will create systems that minimize people's abilities to do that. How do I protect people from themselves? I create rules and structures to do that. That, for example, you know, if red gets into a fight whenever red is angry, and that could lead to harming somebody, well, I make laws that say that you can't beat somebody up. And if you do, we'll put you in jail. Um, and so the way that white-blue combats red is it works hard to create systems that discourage red behavior. Now, as we get to Azorius, okay, you know, and once again, um, there are a bunch of different ways that you could create structure for the group. Um, the low-hanging fruit, I admit, I mean, in a lot of ways, Ravnica is the low-hanging fruit. We were making factions for the first time. We're like, okay. So the low-hanging fruit is, is laws, is you know, government, is, pol- is, is you know, politics. Um, and then the way the Azorius got set up in Ravnica is, okay, we're the guild that looks out for people in a long-term way. What are we going to do? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make systems and rules and laws that say, you know that behavior that gets you in trouble? Eh, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. Literally, it's forbidden. And if you act that way, if you act in such a way where you're prioritizing your needs and your impulses and your emotions, well, guess what? There's punishment for that. Um, White-blue, by the way, is very big on punishment. White-blue... Okay, so let's get into another thing of, of where they, they come from. Um, white as a, as a color is very much about, try, about morality, right? White believes that they're... Um, white likes to make rules. One of the ways white makes rules is through law. Another way that whites makes rules is through morality or religion. Um, and I think that the law part of white leans more toward blue and that blue likes to sort of create systems. Um, and the, the religion part leans more toward green because green likes to create traditions. Um, and on some level, traditions and laws have a lot of the same functionality to them. You know, the idea behind them is that they are trying to get people to act a certain way in a way that white believes is is for the better. Um, But, like I said, when we get to the colors, we lean into the things. And Blue's um, love of systems, um, that's another thing you see between white and blue, is white loves structure, blue loves systems. Like, one of the things about blue that we really play up is, in magic, one of the things that blue does is blue cares about knowledge. 
Blue believes that knowledge is power, and that, for example, when Blue fights in, with magic, magical duels, Blue is very much about, oh, well, the more I understand the nature of magic, the better I can fight. Why is blue the color of counter spells? Because, well, how better to stop magic than learning how to stop it at its source? Why is blue the color of unsummoning? Okay, well, if I can understand magic, I can undo the magic. You know, and that blue really is system-oriented. It enjoys and likes the systems. And so when white and blue get together, it leans into that systems. Um, blue, in contrast, is not much about tradition, right? Blue, is, 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 blue and black are all about change. So the idea of let's do something and why should we do it because it's the way we've always done it, blue's not fond of that. Like the, thing, the reason blue like systems is systems are adaptable. Systems can change with the time. Like one of the things, um, another big difference between blue and green, uh, which is where how blue-white is different from, say, white-green, is blue believes in change. Blue believes in, in constant change. Blue believes that you're never, you know, blue, blue is, is striving for its potential of being the best that it can be. Well, if you want to be the best that you can be, you need to have means and ways to constantly be improving. So what blue says is, okay, I want to make systems, but I want to make fluid dynamic systems that can change. Green, in contrast, is all about things being the way they are. So when anyone's make traditions, is the way we, we do it this way because it's the way we've always done it. Nah, not so good with blue. So when white gets together, when white says, I want to take order and combine it with systems, blue's like, yes, I'm all over that. When white goes, I want to take systems and combine them with tradition, green's all over that, but blue is not. Um, so in general, when blue and white get together, you see them messing with systems more so than you see them messing with, with stuff like tradition, religion, and such. Um, but that said, there are a lot of different kinds of systems that you can create. That um, law is the low-hanging fruit system, but it is not the only system. Um, you know, there are a lot of... Um, the, the thing you tend to see in a white-blue structured thing is something where there is rule set, but there are means by which the rules can be adapted. Um, for example, let's get into the idea of law. Law is a very blue-white concept. Um, uh, well, I mean, uh, law in the sense of... Um, well, here's the thing about, about a law. Um that laws are changing things, that the way you create a law is, well, I should say, sorry, white and blue are more about government and politics. Um, I mean, law is part of that, but I mean, white is a color, very much it cares about law. Um, But when blue and white get together, the reason that they, like, white is less about politics and blue-white is about politics, because blue-white is about making dynamic systems. Uh, and, and dynamic systems that protect people. Well, politics is something in which um, you're trying to create something for the good of the group. Now, the interesting thing is um, when black gets together with blue, black understands that politics can be used um, in a a, cell sh- in a manipulative way. And so when black and blue get together... Um, you definitely see, like, 
politics sort of sits sits in blue. Um, uh, and law, I guess that's it's okay. Part of the fun of me doing my podcast is I can realize things. So politics is more base blue and law is more base white. Because blue wants a system that changes with time and white wants a system that protects. Now, there's a lot of synergy between politics and law. Obviously, um, the politicians are the ones who make the law. But the interesting thing is, when blue leans toward black, you start getting into uh, politics that more, a little more Machiavellian, if you will, politics that, that are used to get you what you want. And you get politics combined with white, you're more playing into politics that are protecting. Uh, more politics from a, a... Once again, I guess it's politics helping the group versus politics helping the individual. That's another break between blue-black and blue-white. Um, so when you get the politics of blue and the law of white, that's when you, you get things that are creating interesting systems. Um, the other thing in general that we, you see with blue and white... Um, Blue and white, once again, care about the good of the group from a structural standpoint. And so, um, so let's talk about, uh, like, yes, they, they'll, they'll create um, politics and law. They'll, they'll do that. But they're also, um, let's get a little bit into technology. Um, so one of the things that blue cares very much about is the idea of using whatever tools are available to improve yourself or your group. And so blue is very big on the idea of, of technology because blue is like, like blue believes in potential and it, you know, blue wants to be the best that it can be. Uh, and the, the things that blue uses, the tools that blue uses, knowledge is number one, but sort of coming out of knowledge, you get education, you get training, and you get tools. And the idea is, how do I get better at something? Well, I could learn about it, I could practice it, or I could get tools that help me do it. So blue very much about education, training, and tools. White, okay, white is very much about the idea of, of, look, of looking out for the group as a whole. So you start getting into some other things. For example, vocations you start, are, are very much a white-blue thing, right? The idea is, blue says training is important. White says you have to help the group. Okay, well, one of the ways you can help the group is you could learn to do something that is beneficial for the group. So in a white-blue society, it very much values the idea that there are skills that are important and necessary for the good of the group, and different people need to learn those skills. So the way to think of this is, how does a society improve itself? And the answer there is by understanding the needs it has and doing those. And so one of the needs is vocations. So let's say you live in a, a town, because we're more, we're, 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 fantasy is a little more medieval than modern day. Um, so the idea is you might need a blacksmith. You know, you might need somebody who can carve and shape metal. You, you're going to need a woodworker. You know, you're going to need farmers. You're going to need... Um, you know, there's going to be a lot, there's a lot of roles that, get, that happen. And that one of the things that happens when you get into white-blue, which is why you get into civilization, is the more specialized people are, the more advanced the civilization can become. So, for example, for those that studied history, um, when everybody had to be a farmer, well, 
people didn't have a lot of time to do things other than farming because they were just being farmers. But when, when you could grow enough food that you can make so much food that you could feed other people, that freed people up to go, okay, well now I'm going to de- dedicate my time to learning how to make glass or uh, shape metal or work with wood and all of a sudden or work with leather or, you know, craftsmen started happening. And what that means is now, okay, I can take the time and energy to use the tools available to me to make things that are better for us. Oh, if I can make glass, I can make bottles and containers. That might make it easier to get water. You know, if I can do metal, I can make horseshoes and I can make tools, you know, and I can... The idea is part of a white-blue society is that the way you advance society is you allow people to use the technology to to specialize in what they do. And so a white-blue society very much is about roles, is very much about who's capable of doing what, and is looking at means and ways that improve the system as a whole to improve society as a whole. And that when you get into white and blue, um, for example, we could have a white-blue civilization that is not really about politics and law, but might be more about, um, you know, Role, roles in society and sort of vocations and jobs and stuff. That, you know, there, there, there's different aspects that you could play into depending on what you want. Okay, now comes the big question is, what is the weakness? What does, you know, what, what, what White Blue does well is, is systems. You know, what White Blue excels at is finding ways that you can make changes that help the group as a whole. Okay, where, where does white-blue fall down? Where is white-blue's weakness? And the answer there is that white-blue is so much about looking ahead, is so much about planning and making the systems that it doesn't have, it doesn't have the ability to change quickly. It is not fast. In fact, it is very slow. Um, I mean, and no surprise, blue and white are the two slowest colors, although white has a component of it that can be fast. Um, but you get them together and the nature of what they do, of what they care about, which is the idea that, um, you know, they are looking because they have blues desire to think things out and whites desire to, to maximize its systems. It very much is the color that like, the reason I'm going to win is not because I quickly act but I've, I, I'm the one that has thought it out ahead of time. I'm the one that's planned it. But the negative that comes from that is spontaneity. You know, the, 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 uh, the ability to sort of react quickly. The ability to sort of work with its gut. The ability to have, you know, because it shuns impulses, it shuns the tools that allow it to make a, a split decision. Like a lot, uh, you know, when, when you start getting into red, one of the advantages of red, one of the advantages of impulse and, and, and um, is that you can make decisions very fast, partly because you're not thinking long term. But another part of it is you just maximize the skills that let you make very fast decisions. If you're always living your life quickly making decisions, well, you learn how to make quick decisions. White's blue weakness is it doesn't know how to make quick decisions. White blue does not know how to... Um, white blue is not set up to, to, to think on its feet. It's not set up to react quickly. 
Uh, it is pretty inflexible in a lot of ways. And um, built into it is this desire to make sure that it's doing the right thing. Um, so the, the, the negative of white-blue is, and, and this is true like mechanically, it's just slow. When you get white and blue together, you are not winning particularly fast. Um, now mechanically, so one of the things that's interesting is whenever you make an archetype, you want to understand how to do the fast and slow archetype. So white-blue, it's easy to do it. The slow archetype of white-blue is control, right? If I want to put white and blue together from a magic standpoint, what I want to do is make a deck where I have answers to all the things, and white and blue are great at answers. Blue has counter spells. You know, I, I mean, white can destroy almost any card type. I guess it doesn't destroy um, lands, and it doesn't... I mean, it can deal with planeswalkers. Uh, lands is the only thing... I mean, and it has stuff like Armageddon, but white doesn't do pinpoint land destruction. Other than that, it's got answers to every problem. White is the, the color of, of, of answers. Blue is the color that, while it doesn't destroy things, can counter things and bounce things and steal things. And that between blue and white, they have a lot of answers to a lot of problems. So the idea essentially is, if white-blue can get to the point where it has access to all its answers, it is unbeatable. It is unstoppable. But that comes from a... That means that it's got to get to a point where it's established the control. So white-blue, in general, tends to be very slow. And what it tends to be is stall, 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 get to a point where I have control of things, then win the game through my control. But for any archetype, we want to have a fast and a slow. So white-blue, it's very easy to do the slow archetype. It, it, it's, it is built into what the color is. So doing the slow archetype is, is pretty easy. Um, the trick is, how do we do the fast archetype? So the way we do that is, the one other thing we look at is, are there other aspects of the color that are unique to white and blue. And it turns out that white and blue are uh, number one and two in one other thing that's very important in magic, which is flying. Um, blue is the color of air. White is the color of... Uh, well, blue and, blue and white together are the color of birds. Um, and, and white... Anyway, white and blue through their nature are the colors that have the best access and easiest access to flying. Um, Blue is number one in volume of flying. White is number one in the best cheap flying creatures. But between of them, they have very good flying. So uh, if you combine white and blue together and you want to go more aggressive, the way we've tended to do that is lean in on its, its flying and say, okay, well, I can have some answers, but I have the ability to get out threats that can win the game more quickly. So when we want white and blue to be a little quicker, we play into its flying aspect. Um, and that is us leaning into something a little bit more mechanical. It is not as if flying is quite as philosophical about what white, white, white and blue is about. Um, I mean, there definitely. I mean, there are reasons why flying is good in white and blue, but uh, it's a little less f- philosophically tied into it. But we want to have fast and slow versions of things, and so I think philosophically, white blue wants to be a more slow controlling deck from a philosophical standpoint. But we, we do want to offer it and give itself the ability to do. Um, to do faster things. Okay, I'm almost to work. So, uh, so let me ask the final question, which is, where else could we see white-blue? We, we've seen the Zorius. We get it. It can make the rules. It could, it could be in charge of the politics and the law. Um, where else can white-blue go? And the answer there is that 
there are many different systems that you can create to try to make a better society. Um, I do think having, having um, as Ravnica does, okay, we have a very, a very hardcore structured system by which we, you know, we have politics and laws to do that. Um, another place that you can see on blue and white is playing into the idea, like, there are other ways to play up the idea of, of trying to help the group and trying to, trying to create systems. Uh, politics is a system. Law is a system. So definitely, um, there is a desire to do... I mean, there are other kinds of systems. That's, I think when we look for other white-blue, you will see other kinds of systems and other ways by which um, you can create it. And the other thing also is, um, even when we talk about politics or talk about law, um, there are different ways and, and to handle that as well. I do think we could have a system where white and blue is kind of in charge of the politics and the law, but it being very different from, from Azorius. Azorius is definitely very fuddy-duddy and very sort of like, um, you know, we, 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 we keep the scrolls and we, you know, it's very into the minute of it. And like once I said, I think that's the low-hanging fruit of blue-white, but that doesn't mean it's the only thing that blue and white can do. Um, anyway, um, I hope you guys, uh, I've had a lot of requests for us to do, um, or for me to do um, some color pairing podcast. So anyway, uh, the fact that I did white-blue kind of says there's nine more coming. Um, my plan is not to do them consecutively. I think I'm just going to do them over time. I, I, I'm not going to take forever long to do them, but I, I decided not to do like a 10-week t- series, ten, 10, you know, five weeks in a row, two, two every week. Um, I, I will be getting to them, but it's something I'm going to do from time to time. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you, uh, I love talking color pie, so it's, it's fun talking um, color pairs. I hope you guys enjoy it. And um, uh, the plan, by the way, is I will go in uh, Wooburg order. So I will do white, blue, blue, black, black, red, red, green, green, white. Then I will do white, black, blue, red, black, green, red, white, green, blue. Anyway, uh, I'm now at work. So we all know what that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.